BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. People follow orders. Uh, yeah, to some degree, sure. Uh, I don't think it, the, the and then they turn around afterwards at the trials for their crimes against humanity and say, "I was just following orders." Let's go. Welcome to Citizen. We've got a special guest today, Gerard Michaels from Slick and Thick, from Stand Up Comedy. From Cancelled Weekly, is that the name of the show? Cancelled yes, Weekly? How's it going? It's going great, man. What's happening? Um, it's, you know, we're in Austin, um, which is still one of those eclectic places where there's a lot of, uh, I don't know, I feel like in the boroughs in New York, if you go to Staten Island, you're going to find a lot of repubes, a lot of conservatives over there, but mm-hmm. and, and then chunks of Queens, you're going to find repubes. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of uh, – I don't know if m- many of them are left anymore because I think all those people are fleeing the city and going to Florida. They've like, gone already. Yeah. I mean, one of the interesting things, like, everybody thinks of, like, Brooklyn or, like, New York, where I was born in Brooklyn and raised in Jersey. and they've, like, they've, Just like J-Lo, right? Yeah, exactly. They think I've made the natural progression down to Florida. Uh, it they, does call into question your uh, what level of Judaism you're involved in. Well, Judaism 2.0, Christianity. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a Roman, yeah. Roman Catholic, so I'm just – I'm like uh, – yeah, I'm like... Uh, well, the Catholics usually make it down to the Carolinas, right? Or Georgia. Mm-hmm. You made it all the way down to Florida. Yeah. Which is nice, right? Because I, I like the Carolinas, but Florida's clearly better. Yeah, but the uh, the idea of, like, tough New York and, like, industrious New York, all those New Yorkers are gone. The mob is not there. And it's, it, like, Brooklyn is nothing but uh, reject uh, drama club kids from middle America. Um, you know, that's that's... You know, I kind of have a theory with the whole entertainment industry. Like, it's the Pareto principle, man. Like, it's all these kids that grew up in, you know, God guns uh, country America. You know, they couldn't make the football team and they weren't dating the cheerleaders. So they rejected that whole culture. And they went to this, you know, they coagulated with one another in L.A. and in New York. And then that became this whole, like, you know, idea of traditional America. Yeah, but back in the day, you would go start a fucking tech company. Or yeah. something, right? Mm-hmm. The nerds would go do get rich doing nerd shit, finance or something else, and then get 
ladies later on. Now it seems like dudes are just turning to Sigma male stuff. Yeah. I, anytime I get into any kind of conversation, and they're like, it's like a swarm of retards, to be honest. Anytime I get into any kind of conversation, specifically on Twitter, you see it other places, but mostly on Twitter. Let's uh, go with tard, all right? Let's, let's avoid the hard R. Uh, no, I'm going full retard. <laughs> uh, wait, which R is the hard R in retard? The hard R. Is it the la- the first one or the last or two R's a retard? Uh, I think if you call them A-tards, it's fine. I've been told if you mm. just replace it with uh, everything's okay. Uh, what about uh, retard inks or retard X? Retard, yeah, retard. Yeah. X-tard. Yeah. X-tard. Yeah. Now we got it. We did um, it. We figured it out. Look but anytime I get on any kind of conversation about the role of masculinity in society, which is, by the way, to provide and protect for the week, that's the, that's the, the primary role. And uh, sometimes pe- people will extrapolate like well what about conquering like yeah that's a function of Mm -hmm. providing and protecting to get more resources and more power right but anyways anytime i have any of those public conversations these sigma dudes will show up and it's the same guy every time Mm -hmm. neck beard mom's basement dead-end job talking about i get laid anytime i want well maybe i mean if you can pay for it right (laughs) um but like there's no value there's no intrinsic value in women because they're not providing us any value anymore. Mm. Like, okay, well, maybe you're supposed to be the leader, right, is the point of all that. But that's the turn that, it, that society's kind of taken now. We've got this big disconnect between the genders, and women are buying cats and getting high-powered jobs, and dudes are turning into bitch-ass sigmas, which sure. are like take-my-ball-and-go-home kind of guys. And it's it's you see it in the declining birth rate. It isn't just about... Uh, abortion or waiting until later in life to have kids like it's people aren't hooking up earlier well i don't think i don't think it's organic mm-hmm. um i also think somewhere along the line the idea of the the american dream went from hey i just want to be comfortable and provide like you said and protect it i need fuck you money at all times and i need to be able to go out to the club until i'm 50 and you know buy bottles until four o'clock in the morning like i don't i don't know you know and, it, and I'm as guilty of it as anybody else. I mean, the school system terrified me into thinking that my life would be over if I got a job at 18 years old and I got married and had kids in my What 20s. do you mean? Like if you didn't go to college and wait? You have to go to college. Yeah. And then after you go to college, you go to super college where you can get a super awesome degree. And then after you get your super awesome degree, then you go to, you know quintuple mega college get yourself a phd and then you can start earning some real money but first you got to travel the world you know to reward yourself for the 19 years of school you just went to so you know take a few summers abroad then find yourself maybe open up a rock band try a couple of uh you know think tanks that you can maybe uh, an incubator if you will you know get all your friends and family to give you all their money into your you know this this great app idea that you came up with that nobody else had and then you can be 40 years old and and uh broke and childless and then you could start to you know say okay i'll settle down and have a kid now yeah when nobody wants you yeah well for a dude you can make that work for women though it's really problematic because the the bio i mean some people get uh rubbed the wrong way by this but the biological clock is ticking on you i can have it's ticking slower than it ever ticked before science sure yeah we're better we're better now you know yeah but it's still a problem And, and that that group of people you're talking about um you know the debt incurred, not just the financial debt, but just, I think the, the emotional debt, the weight of the stress to then correct your path once you realize it's fucked up mm-hmm. is 
I think it weighs on people heavily and it and it's causing a lot of the depression and nihilism we see in culture today. You can make more money, you can't make more time, bro. There's no going backwards. You know Yeah, there's some old saying it's like um we uh we spend our health by uh gaining wealth and then we spend our wealth trying to regain our health, I think is the phrase. Yeah. It's like that's it really was like stupid. the Dalai Lama or something like that. Yeah, but he didn't have any wealth. Fuck him. Yeah, right? Um, what does that guy know? Yeah. Dalai Lama ever owned a jet ski? Fuck yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but look, the sentiment, I get it, right? But the... I just don't understand this idea that if you have kids and if you have a family, that's the reason why you're broke. I know so many single people that are broke. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's not but, like every one of my friends yeah. who's decided to put off having a kid and you know put off those responsibilities and the fulfillment that comes with that and the purpose that comes with that, they don't all have real estate empires. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now, so, I think uh, Greg Giraldo used to do a good joke about that. He was like, this was like in 2009 after the financial crash. He's like, all my friends have been saving money and buying real estate and shit, and uh, uh, I've been spending all my money on cocaine and hookers, and now we're basically in the same boat financially, and I feel like I made the better decision. No doubt about it. You know what I mean? No doubt. Listen, so, I, I mean, I, I played uh, minor league baseball, and I quit. Uh, I wasn't going to make it to the big leagues, but I, I had a chance to play overseas, and I could have mm. kept playing, and I should have. I should have played until they ripped the bat out of my hands, but I, I wanted to make money. Mm. Uh, but what I didn't realize is, like, dude, everybody's broke at 30. Even the people that are making a ton of money, they spend it. I got a buddy of mine who makes like a half a million dollars. He works for Goldman, makes an incredible amount of money. And uh, the, he spends it. He, he The dude spends 450 grand a year. Now he's living lavishly, good for him, and that's how he wants to live his life. God bless, man. But at the same time, like, you know, I believe humans figure it out. I believe in the invisible hand. I believe in necessity of being the father of invention. You know, I, I believe in it. Uh, I also have seen the opposite, where guys who were rudderless, who were football teammates of mine mm. in high school, and, and you know they weren't cut out for college. Which sidebar: the fact that you make athletes go sit in a you know in, in a gender literature class to be able to you know no dude I run a four three that's a skill. Yeah. I should get credit for working out. When I go to the gym, that should be a crude time. Like, when are we going to stop acting like athletics isn't a freaking trillion dollar industry? You know, like, people mm. don't know this, but actors, they get credit for acting class. If you go to school and you get a scholarship at NYU to be a cellist, you get credit for music theory. Right, so if you, why why are we making you know the the our starting quarterback take African literature so we can mm. you know keep up this facade that we're in education anyway? Well, it's because it's because the education system is not designed to educate you. It's yeah. designed to extract wealth and time from you, and and then from the primary education is designed to create compliant workers, obviously for sure. Secondary education is just designed to get you in debt. Yeah, that's, it's a that's it. it's a jobs program for yeah. progressives. Mm. Yeah, so, but, you know, those guys come out and they're rudderless, you know, and the system has told them that, you know, because now they're going to work for the union, they're a failure, mm -hmm. you know, and they're somewhat, whatever, they're, they're undesirable or whatever it is. And then they get, they have a girl, they, they, you know, they get pregnant. And the interesting thing, my buddies who got, got their girl pregnant, and I, we're talking like, you know, early to mid-20s here, bro which is the same age my parents had me, mm -hmm. you know? And our thoughts were like, damn, bro, 
I'm sorry to hear that. Like, yeah, it wasn't, yeah, it yeah. wasn't our thoughts weren't like, man, congratulations. Yeah. You know, anything you need, I got you. It, it wasn't like that. Yeah. It was like, damn, bro, is she going to keep it? You know, but now, hindsight, 15 years on, bro, those guys are crushing it. This shit gave them a North Star. It gave them a reason to get up in the morning. It gave them a reason to keep their nose clean. Yeah. It gave them a reason to, you know, and also... Like after a while, do you really want to be out at the bar till two o'clock in the morning? What, I never, you know what I'm saying? Like, I never wanted that. But I, you know, to your point, a, a practical way to think about that, not just like, well, it's a good thing to have guardrails. It's a good thing to start young and have your family young so you can do X, Y, and Z. You also have to figure out when your peak earning potential as a human being is. It's not twenty-two to twenty-eight right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's 40 to 60. That's your peak earning potential as an adult human being. So, you know, I, (laughs) if you're able to be established and have older children at that point and a long-term wife who's also established, and then you can start taking some risk and your peak earning potential, then you're going to get a lot more bang for your buck, right? So this isn't just about ethics morality or culture or anything it's very practical as well to start earlier dude p- right? picking the right partner or well that definitely getting the right the partner yeah. is the life cheat code mm-hmm. if you guys can get on the same page i mean it, and that's and listen it's, it's you've you run businesses how hard is it to find the right the right people to run the business with how it's hard is it right, ju- you know? just to find employees that don't suck <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's an impossibility man there's lifters and there's leaners in this world yeah man. And uh, I, I, I revile Gen Z, and I feel horrible that, that we haven't done a better job for them at the same time. Yeah. I mean, I think we, I, Gen Z is our fault. I don't, I don't blame the kids anymore. The more and more I think about it, the less responsible I find them because we fucked them over so bad. Uh, we, we taught them the worst of all the lessons you could mm-hmm. teach them. And, you know, the boomers did that to us, too. Mm-hmm. The boomers taught us that work was more important than family because mm-hmm. this latchkey generation, um, they taught us that, um, you know, it was a big shift from greatest to boomer to X um, in the way that we prioritize culture and, and ethics, right? What do you it's mean like, by that? I mean that – I mean the greatest generation did things because they were right boomers did things because they wanted to appear as if they were doing things the right way uh well let me ask you this okay the boomer generation right they went to war they saved the world right no no, or they, no. well the their, their parents did the greatest generations yeah. went to war and they saved the world from a very obvious what, what's very obvious evil no matter what the propaganda said you know it's really easy to see that they went up against the aggressor and they were able to repel them. They, it was a till of the Hun, and they were able to repel them, and they, they saved Western ideals, right? They come home, and they create this, this great society of prosperity, whoever was left, right? The world needed to be rebuilt, and there was less humans to rebuild it. So there was, there was a lot of resources to go around and a lot of work to be had. The boomers come into this kind of Pax Americana, but there's also a bad guy, right? There, there's the big bad Red Scare. Mm-hmm. And there, there's something for us to be united against. But then people start realizing, you know, the war machine is lying to us to get us into Vietnam, all this other stuff, Gen X. Now, where along the line, all right, did it become 
suffering is virtue. And I think that that's kind of where this whole like idea of being a victim and I've suffered and that's how I get clout, it kind of stems from that boomer generation who was trying to show their parents, their parents were tough, their parents, you know, you know, my grandfather was an Iwo Jima, okay, and uh, I had to take two buses to get to school, you kids are so soft, you know, and now it's this three, four generations later, there's nothing for us to say to our elders that, hey, man, I can hack it too, be proud of me, mm. so then these kids, they go back to the cities, they go back to the Brooklyn, which, which their father left, and they say, oh, my God, this is horrible. We have to do something to help these people. This is abject poverty. These people are in an endless cycle of hopelessness. And then their father says, yeah, they should leave like I did. I got my family out of there. Why don't they get their family out of there? And then that's the disconnect. So a lot of these kids come and they want to prove themselves to their parents that, hey, I can make it in Brooklyn too, Dad. But they do so knowing that whenever shit actually goes sideways, they can just go ahead and head back to the compound out yeah. there in South Jersey. You know, mm -hmm. so... You know, the the vacationing in poverty, it, it's one thing. It's kind of like they're living in both worlds where they want to show empathy, whether they actually have it or not. But what they're really trying to do is prove to their parents and their grandparents that I could hack it where you could hack it also. I could walk in your shoes. Yeah, maybe. That's probably something. I mean, every generation wants to demonstrate its value in some way or another, whether they openly admit that or not. Sometimes you get the, you're get you afforded the opportunity to do that. My generation of warfighter was afforded the opportunity to do that. Mm -hmm. Gen X, not so much. They were stationed in Europe. Or if they were lucky, and I, and I say this uh, with all seriousness, if they were lucky, they got to deploy into combat in Grenada or Panama or go, even the Desert Storm to some degree, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but for or, or I guess the Balkans for a little bit, depending on what you did. There were some uh, infantry dudes that got into a little dust-up over there, um, sniping people and whatnot. But um, I have a lot of friends who served in the 90s and got out before 9-11, <clears throat> and they'll tell me, you know, it's they, they almost feel guilty for not having been it they don't feel like their service matters as much like, like you stolen know valor? no 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 not like well i mean it, there's some imposter syndrome there yeah it's like well you guys did real shit we didn't really do anything it's like well you don't get to choose mm. you know what i mean you serve when you serve and if there's something to be done it's something to be done but it does leave um it does leave a gap in your identity right especially if you're trying to solidify your identity which i think is a good idea for p i think it's a good idea in culture for there to be rites of passage, especially for young men. You know what I mean? Like, there's not uh, like not a literal passing of the baton, but some way that the kid knows that I'm a man now, and then some way later on where the kid knows I'm the man of the house now, mm -hmm. right? Those two things specifically are very important um, for a young man. And what it does is it's like taking the training wheels off. It builds confidence. Now I can do shit. Like if something pops up in my house, I'm not going to have a panic attack about mm -hmm. it. I don't, I don't mean an intruder. I mean like the door is fucked up. I'm just going to fix it. Yeah, you know I what I mean? That, I think that's what graduation was supposed to be in some way. Yeah, level. but that's like it doesn't matter anymore. Well, it doesn't matter. And even graduating from college is like, all right, well, now i got to get a job. And you're 25 matter. years old before you even feel like an adult. Because no, nobody dude. feels actually You should feel like an adult at 16, my yeah. opinion. I felt like an adult at 16. You, you, I was like, I can, I can if everything goes – because my family life was pretty tumultuous. I was like, I knew that if I had to go fucking do shit on my own, I would mm. be fine doing that. You, you can see it. My father is very proud of his college degree. Mm. Very, very proud. Well, he was probably the first one in the family to get one. Right? He was. And also, it took him five years. He had to take a year off because he couldn't afford the tuition. He's very, very proud. 
I don't give a shit about my college degree. I, I think of it as like something. It's like I, I, you know, to me it was like CCD. All right, give me the cracker now. You know, mm. did I did I do my time? It was like community service to me. Mm. You know, I, I look at my degree as a you know, as a as a you know, as a Girl Scout badge. I sold enough cookies. I did enough time. Now give me my give, give me my pin. You know, I, I, it means nothing to me. I don't feel different from before it, after it. I don't think it's it's generated any revenue for me. Like I, I look at it as a complete and total. I look at it with almost shame, to be honest with you. Like man, I went along with the bullshit. I was obedient, even though I even though I knew it was bullshit. I wanted to play baseball. Mm. Like that's you know what I'm saying. So I I I don't know, man. I, I feel honestly, Dan, man. I my anger at current uh, the trajectory of our society and our culture has waned into great personal shame uh, because I'm a coward. You know I'm a coward. I keep waiting for somebody else to do something. You know because it, it I, I'm not gonna risk the biscuit, man. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's not gonna be me. I'm not gonna be sitting here going, you know, hey, let's let's storm let's storm the castle. You know, I'm not gonna do the two years like the political the political prisoners of J6 did. I'm not gonna you know lose my social media accounts and then my ability to to generate revenue. Then nobody will buy tickets to my shows. Like I feel like a coward because I am a coward, and in in many ways they won. You know, because my whole generation is looking for somebody else to do it, and I just hope one day we wake up and say, man, if not us, then who? This episode is brought to you by ghostbed.com forward slash drink it bros ghostbed. It's the best bed in the world. It's the most comfortable sheets, pillows, the whole thing. I've got them all, man. And you know, they wanted to extend their best possible offer to drink it bros. They've been with us for a very long time. So this is the email they sent us. We want drink it bros to get the best offer. So I updated the code for 50% site wide. That's five zero percent. Site-wide, use the code DRINKINBROS, DRINKINBROS with no G, for 50% off site-wide. Everything that you buy on this site is going to be 50% off. Again, they get the best pillows, sheets, mattresses. They get the mattress protector. Uh, if, you're, if you're sloppy and spill things and you don't want to jack up your mattress, they have pretty much everything you need. They've got weighted blankets now. They've got the adjustable base, which we really like. I've got one in my home. So go to ghostbed.com forward slash drink it bros. Use the code drink it bros for 50% off site wide. And don't forget about their page go plan. If you're with approved credit, you're going to be able to pay this thing off over the course of three to five years for 25 to 35 bucks a month. It's nothing. Go to ghostbed.com forward slash drink it bros today and use the code drink it bros for 50% off. This episode is also brought to you by Black Rifle Coffee. Dot com the best coffee in the world as a matter of fact they won both the gold and bronze medal at the golden bean awards this year for their exclusive coffee club entries in the elite category so the best coffee on earth literally was circus bear by black rifle one of their ecs so i recommend that you go sign up for the black rifle coffee club use the code citizen you're going to get those points off and uh you know you get all the benefits from being in the coffee club you get the free shipping you get access to all the partner deals uh, uh you get access to the exclusive coffee club you get access to any new products that come out before anybody else does you know it's a very large club that they have over there and the coffees are premium every single one of them is good 
you're, you're going to get experience for you. You can do just the plain coffee club. And if you want your two bags of, of uh, espresso or your two bags of silencer smooth or whatever it is you drink, you can get those two bags or one bag or whatever you want every month or and or rather you can use the ECS, the exclusive coffee club and get access to some of the most premium coffees on the planet and kind of learn what it is that you like. You know what I mean? So then you can order those premium coffees from Black Rifle as well. So, and we all know they got the best branding, the best merch, and they're buddies. You know, we're all friends here. Uh, we love Black Rifle. So go to blackriflecoffee.com, sign up for the coffee club, or buy something. Do whatever you want. Um, use the code CITIZEN. You're going to get those points off. This episode is brought to you by firstform.com forward slash citizen. Free shipping on all orders over $75 when you use the link. And you're not going to spend less than 75 bucks. I mean, they get the best products in the world, especially the OptiGreens. You know me, I don't eat vegetables um, because they're fucking pointless. So I supplement with OptiGreens 50 from First Form. It is precisely formulated green superfood powder meant for overall immune system support and digestive health. It's really good, aside from just getting the daily greens into your body that you need, and make sure, by the way, you're taking this with MCT because you have to take anything like this with MCT. 80% of your immune system is located in your gut and your digestive tract, right? So healthy digestion is essential for overall health and wellness, not to mention that most of your serotonin, I think 96% of your serotonin or 94% is made in your gut as well. So you're gonna be in a better mood. You're gonna feel better physically, and you're going to feel better mentally if you are taking these greens. OptiGreen 50 has 50 chosen ingredients, uh, effectively dosed. It's not necessarily how many ingredients there are, though, but it's, a, it's about the right amount of each. Taste and texture no, like no other product in the market. It's not gritty. It doesn't have a weird flavor. It's got sweet berry flavors, actually. Uh, 100% of the greens are all grown and manufactured inside the United States, and they are bioavailable. Now, they've got other products as well. They've got the microfactor which you see behind me on every show, uh, and I take them every day. You know, you got essential fatty acids, CoQ10. You got all the stuff you need in one little packet for your daily vitamin pack. And you mix that. You, you make yourself uh, uh, OptiGreens 50 shake, and you, and you take those pills with it, and you're going to improve your life precipitously. You're going to feel better. You're going to look better, so on and so forth. So go to firstform.com. That's 1-S-T-P-H-O-R-M dot com forward slash citizen use the code you're gonna get free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks um you feel like a coward because you you feel like you're not doing anything correct um what, i tell myself i'm raising awareness what would you do i don't know what we can say and what we can't say you can say anything like, you want i don't give a fuck yeah i know you don't i know you don't yeah I don't. I know you. Don't. I sincerely don't. Yeah, but the um, you know, the, there's ramifications for truth in this world. And yeah, that, so that, that that disgusts me. Yeah, yeah, it, it's bad. Uh, I'll get to that in just a moment, but you know, it does it does feel like a platitude to say that you're raising awareness, right? Yeah, yeah, and it should. I mean, you should have some level of anxiety because things are fucked up. That is the. That's that's the fire that lights under you to make you continue moving forward. My anxiety isn't that things are fucked up. That's just an understanding of the situation. Mm -hmm. My anxiety is that <laughs> when people were calling me a conspiracy theorist, right, for like three years, I, I was an athlete. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you sit here, if you look at Tom Brady, and they were like, nobody watched more film than Tom Brady. He's amazing. He watches film. Yeah, I, I studied Marxist. I did my college thesis mm-hmm. on Das Kapital, mm-hmm. Kapital, as it were, right? I, you, they're, they're, not, they're not coming up with new plays. They're running the same plays over and over. And you played sports, man. You know how it goes. You watch somebody week one, week two, week three, they come up with tells. And you say, okay, every time the guards move, the play is going in that mm-hmm. direction, right? Tom Brady says every time there's a one high safety, okay, that means that the weak side's blitzing and we need to do a hot route. Now, does the wide receiver go, Tom, you're a conspiracy theorist. Oh, you know the future? (laughs) You're a conspiracy theorist, Tom. How do you know what play they're going to run? Well, I've watched thousands of hours of tape. And the proclivity is when they do this, it's to generate this outcome, right? And that's kind of what happened with this kind of like, you know, this whole conspiracy theory moment in time where no i'm not a conspiracy theory what i am is recognizing patterns and then my anxiety now comes from the fact that i don't trust my fellow man to be able to recognize these very obvious patterns Mm -hmm. juxtaposed with the fact that nothing has changed so why wouldn't they just do the same things again sure nothing's changed so now if we talk about anxiety it's all right well we all know this is happening and we did nothing about it. Why wouldn't it happen again? Um, what are you familiar with the with the term satyagraha? Have you ever heard that before? I'm not. Um, it is the it is an old Indian principle. Um, Sati Satya Satya S A T Y A G R A A J Satyagraha. Um, it is. The idea that sprang forth from uh, from passive resistance in their civil rights movement, in okay. India, right? Uh, Is Gan- the whole Gandhi thing. Yes, yeah. Gotcha. Um, <clears throat> but Satyagraha literally means truth force, right? Mm-hmm. That's what it means. Which sounds kind of like a, a gay superhero group, to be <laughs> honest, or like a, a religious superhero group. Maybe um, they're tearing Bibles in half or whatever, or not Bibles, but phone books. Excuse me. They probably wouldn't tear Bibles in half. Not the religious ones. Yeah. Well, it depends on which religion. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the general principle behind it, it's – so there's a lot of confusion. A lot of people use it as a uh, – as, I guess, a synonym for civil disobedience or passive resistance or whatever you want to call it. However, the social justice movement or the civil rights movement in America um, was categorized. But what it really means is I'm going to do the right thing. And I'm going to accept the consequences no matter what it is, right? Mm-hmm. And that is the difference between, <clears throat> like, you, we're talking about whether s- suffering is a virtue or not. In and of itself, I would say no. Suffering just to suffer is, that's Mother Teresa. That's like being in love with poverty. I think Christopher Hitchens did a pretty good takedown. And he, he, he was the devil's advocate for her sainthood. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you, you should really go read that about how he how he undresses the Marxist ideology behind constant suffering and poverty and all that stupid bullshit. But there, there will be suffering if you do the right thing. Like you said, there's, there's a dangerous truth, right? Revolution eats its young. Yeah. Um, and I think this principle, Satyagraha, must be the focus, not the suffering itself. We're sampling on the dependent variable. We do this all the time. We see these um, people that are noble or successful and we're like oh well they do this thing they eat carrots every morning i'm gonna start eating carrots and i'll be fucking successful well that's stupid right yeah. but we do this in 
<clears throat> very complex social issues as well. I said this last night on your show, actually, but Andrew Jackson said that one man with courage makes a majority. Mm. And it's because psychology is contagious. Fear is contagious and courage is also contagious. And the first thing you do before you go to war is you build an army, right? Like if you're standing outside of the castle walls by yourself and you charge the gate, you're a fucking idiot. Sure. Brave idiot, but you're a fucking idiot, mm -hmm. right? That doesn't make you more noble. This makes you dumb, yeah. frankly. Um, now, there are certain instances where self-sacrifice makes sense and is indeed noble, but throwing yourself into the fire to prove a point, not so much, right? Are you familiar with the great man theory? Mm -hmm. Do you think they have enough technology that they identify the, these quote-unquote great men and then they neuter them early on? Um, I don't know about where the, are the great men. Where, I, where are these yeah. leaders? Where are these selfless leaders? Where are these? Mm. You know, where, where, where are, are the these? Eisenhowers? Yeah, I mean, we don't have them today. We have James Mattis, who, mm -hmm. because he had political differences with the president, decided to act like a fucking asshole. We have all these generals and leaders of the intelligence community that signed on to this idea that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinfo just because they were afraid of Donald Trump. Well, look at Goldman. You were talking about him. You did a great hit on Fox News with, uh, was that Jesse Waters? Yeah. You did a great hit talking about, you know, here he is, a sitting United States congressman, trying to say that it's okay that the government colluded with big tech to silence 35% of Americans because 65% weren't. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Well, it's like, uh, you know, something I always say, People that desire power very rarely deserve it, and people who deserve it very rarely desire it. And we've that I don't think to your great man theory point, I don't think that we necessarily see individuals neutered early on, although early on in their political career, yes. Mm -hmm. And you see it with people like Dan Crenshaw and others, although I think character is revealed. Mm -hmm. uh, Thomas Massey's still there. Justin Amish fucking just left because yeah. he's like, fuck these people, mm -hmm. right? Palestinian Justin Amish, by the way, who's yes. more patriotic than any of the fucking people out there protesting mm -hmm. for Palestine. Um, but, <clears throat> you know... They've tried to kill Rand Paul at least twice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's you know, you try, to, you try to discredit and you try to silence and you try to eliminate in that order. And it, it's... That's why anytime I see the institution of government going after somebody really hard, that's the person that I'm interested in. It's the only person I'm interested in, like Donald Trump, for example, although he and I have plenty of beef. Sure. Not personally, obviously. He's, I, I like him. He's fun, funny yeah. as shit, to be honest. But th there's stuff he does that I think is stupid. He exposed him. Yeah, he exposed Say him. Say what you time. want about him as a president. Mm. He exposed him. He showed their <clears throat> ass to the whole world. Now, they're unfortunately, they're kind of more dangerous than ever because there's some of them. It's happening a little bit with, like you saw with Goldman, who mm. basically just told the American people, like, you're lucky we let you talk at all. You should be grateful 65% of you get to speak. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, but if you look abroad. I look at broads all the time, bud. <laughs> if, you look, if you look at the broads abroad, it always it's always these women too, man. These women hate free speech. They want obedience, man. Well, it's because they're, they've been powerless. That's not true. And then you give them power. I disagree completely. Uh, I, I don't mean – I mean at the societal – They're so powerful – 
At the individual level, yes. Yeah. At the societal level, they haven't had an opportunity to exercise their power like that, and it's gone to some heads. It happens, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you – everybody has been – well, 99% of human beings have been impressed for all of human, human history, yeah. more or less, right? Since civilization began, at least. Since Romulus sure. conquered fucking Rome, let's say that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a bit of a Murder problem. your brother and rape your neighbors. Yeah. Daughters. Yeah. It's, Build it's, an empire. It's been a bit of a problem, but it's like – you know, that's how Rome was founded, yeah? What are you going to do? The Greeks were already down there. We had to do something. Got to do something. Um, <clears throat> hey, Etruscans, what's doing with them uh, chicks? Yeah. Let's have a little party. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, it is, I think it's it's partly that, partly being told, more so than being literally oppressed, being told that they're oppressed, that fucks with somebody's head. Uh, yeah. Um, you see it, I think, with the black community. Mm. There's the black community has really bought into this idea that um, you know there are angels and there are demons. Mm. Um, and I don't want, don't want to paint with a broad brush to say the entire black community, but that that message really resonates. Um, and then the, that becomes, well, you deserve a certain amount of special treatment, and you just the only you know Ibrahim Kendi. The only way to fix racism is to be racist, mm. and you know to 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 even the scales. Uh, and then you say, like, all right, well, white people aren't a monolith. I'm Irish, Catholic. And then they look at you with glazed over eyes, like, what does that mean? And I'm like, mm. well, my my people were oppressed by the British Empire for a thousand years before they even knew the New World existed. Being a, a Catholic was illegal. You know what prima nocta is. You, you ever wonder why Jamaicans sound awful lot like Irish? Mm. You know, you ever hear of Oliver Cromwell? I mean, you know, it, just do a little bit of research and I guess what really bothered me when this all happened was this idea that my teammates, guys I was best friends with, you know, would identify with Mike Brown and not me. Mm. You know, and it's like, you, you, we grew up together. Well, that was the good thing we about We shared the, blood on the field together, yeah. and, and now I'm your enemy? That was the good thing about the military. You, you, the, the odd fellow here and there would fall victim to that ideological poison. But for the most part, we were still calling each other racial slurs and fighting all the time. Which have, is love. And, and having a good time. It's yeah, impossible yeah. For, for progressives to understand that that's mm-hmm. love. Yeah. You know? Well, wow. it's, it's you know, th- this progressive thing, that's, first of all, it's just Marxism, right? Just Marxism. But it is. It all go- I- Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. 
Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. When I, now, let me ask you this. When I say that, I get attacked. You know, and I get, you know, called <clears throat> myopic. I, it really just all comes back to global communism, guys. Mm-hmm. It's just communism. Don't over, don't over complicate it. It's, and, and the communists understand exactly how to use what is best about humans against them. They understand that these those white women that moved back to Brooklyn to prove to their dad that they could make it, you know, they're just they're 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 filled with empathy. Let's weaponize their empathy sure. against them. Let's use what's best about them against them. Uh, to me, that makes these the worst human beings on earth. I, I think a Marxist. I think unashamed Marxists are a plague. I think they are a cancer in the body politic. I don't think you negotiate with cancer. I don't think you tolerate cancer. I don't think. Cancer is something that people grow out of. I think cancer needs to be addressed mm-hmm. or it kills you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So fascism is the masculine version of authoritarianism. Fascism is the masculine version. Yes. And communism is the feminine version. So fascism is direct control. It is uh, physical brutality, right? It is uh, public-private coordination mm-hmm. to suppress. And then communism is you know, it carries the feminine traits to be more thoughtful and deceptive and weaponize empathy, right? Thoughtful and deceptive and yeah. weaponize empathy. So you're, you, we say fascism and communism are the same thing, and to some degree they are both authoritarian systems, right? And I think we're kind of living in a more blended version of it now. I've always seen fascism as nationalist communism where communism is globalist to, communism. To, to some degree, but the... The fascism is a little bit more overtly brutal, mm. right? It has to be, like Nazism and and spare shit the rod, like that. spoil the child. Yeah, yeah. Um, Where communism in your mind is, well, we have to make sacrifices, but it's for the greater good. It's yeah. more motherly yes. in that regard. Which is why communism is far more dangerous than fascism. I've never considered that. That's very interesting. Yeah, think about it and get back to me, you know, whenever. But uh, <laughs> I think that's what it makes to me. It makes communism far more sinister. Um, not that it really matters which one's worse, but I think I think that makes communism worse because it does play on this motif that the road to hell is paved with good intentions. One hundred percent. It's it's like not not only does it have the effect of engaging in authoritarianism on a widespread level, uh, but where fascism has neighbor reporting neighbor. Communism has neighbor shaming neighbor. Marxism has neighbor shaming neighbor. Yeah, right. So you're, you're 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 in a fucking you're you're down to the social level where you're being shamed into thinking something instead of being because when people are forced to say or do something, they will rebel. When they're shamed, it's a whole different fucking situation. Yeah, and it has the added benefit of reducing the collective masculinity, which is a defense mechanism against this shit. And that's what we're experiencing in the West right now. Yeah. That's very interesting. And I think yeah, I mean, you scratch a communist, and a narcissist bleeds. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and and it is insidious that they take their personal hangups and present them as societal issues, um, and they make you get on board. Right. And regardless of whether or not you agree or disagree, you have to put the collective first, lest you be seen as a dissonant and kicked out yeah. of the group. There's Would, nothing. Yeah. 
worse than being out of the group. Yeah. Which is uh, really, you know, just again, to go back to the practical side of this stuff, it, it's disruptive for society. But when the individual is prioritized, the individual will have what they need. They will satisfy Maslow's hierarchy and they will go find other people to help. They will engage in their purpose mm-hmm. when they are satisfied with, the with, with their needs, right? Yes. Uh, when people focus on the collective then the individual goes lacking and then the collective be- begins to begin get attacked by the individual because they can't survive anymore and, and then it turns into an arms race of victimhood it has to right i think what you're the perfect example of what you're describing in a practical sense was just exposed in this, these cti links leaks where i i paraphrasing but they said misinformation the problem with misinformation and disinformation is it's oftentimes factually right. <laughs> so what we have to do is we have to get to the, the root cause of the issue, which is how people interpret these facts. We have to, to change the way that they see the world so that they see things our way. And I was like, you are describing brainwashing. Mm-hmm. You're describing manipulation on a global industrial scale so that people have no agency it's not about present your case Mm -hmm. it's about i shouldn't have to present my case yeah i have to train you to see things my way all the time this is the to me this sounds the same as somebody if i'm engaging in some kind of scientific discussion and they say that, um, well, my reference point is the Bible. I think it's literally the word of God, and I'm not going to, if it doesn't say it there, I don't believe it. Like, mm-hmm. all right, I don't think, I mean, but that's not what Paul said to do. Paul said to study all things in the whole fats. So that was true. He said that to the uh, uh, Corinthians, I believe, I'm not mistaken. Um, like, that, that nobody ever told you to think that way, but it's, you're appealing to not a false authority, but you're appealing to an authority that doesn't have anything to do with that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, <clears throat> What is what? What exactly are you trying to gain? I guess um, as the individual, because I don't think people think about it from the individual perspective. It's only thought about from a collective perspective. You know what I mean? That's the problem with authoritarianism uh, of any form. It require it's called such because it requires authority, right? It requires utopia requires a hundred percent buy-in, whether you want to do it or not, mm-hmm. and. That's why any form of utopia will always turn to despotism. It has to. You know what I mean? Because one dissenter can fuck up the whole machine. It's like, I mean, if you think about it, it's one, if you had a single part in this machine that was making it not work properly, I would rip that fucking part out and replace it. What is utopia? It's subjective. I guarantee you my utopia and a 45-year-old mother of two's utopia are two different utopias. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, maybe if... It was articulated correctly to them. It, it might not be, right? <laughs> what, um, what's utopia? Yeah, well, I mean, it's just like to be left alone and have the resources you need. I think most people would probably agree with that to, to a very large degree. I don't think so. I, I do. I think, I think that there's I, people I, that they're always going to feel compelled to improve what they feel is improve. I, I think but a those, lot- are, those are always people that don't have control over their own lives that do that. Sure, right. but the people who scare me most are the, the people who clean their house. Like, their house is always dead clean. Mm. They're always going to try to do the same thing with society. You know, and society... This is a really fucking roundabout way to not clean your room, bud. Is this like, are you rebelling? <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Jordan Peterson. Yeah, you're just rebelling. Uh, no, the, the idea is like, you know, people are always just trying to, you know, efficiency, efficiency, efficiency. Life mm-hmm. is inefficient. 
The whole idea of finding a mate is inefficient. You know, the resources that you waste, you know, going out and trying to find your mate is inefficient. And then, you know, eventually we're going to get to a place where these people, I mean, the guy who scares me probably more than anybody on earth is, uh, what's his name? You, you, uh, Nori? Is that, isn't, is that the guy from, uh, the WEF? Yeah. The, the futurist and, mm-hmm. uh, the, basically the anti-humanist, you know, I mean, you're, you're going to, you're going to wake up one day and they're going to say, today's the day you're getting married. We found you the perfect mate. Uh, she's ovulating. You have seven days to copulate. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to take your best genetics, her best genetics, and then uh, you'll be able to see the kid once a year uh, when he's on furlough from the government schools. And, and like, you know, it's you're gonna have to. This I don't see. Uh, who was the famous? Uh, who was the famous? Jesus. Yes. Who is the Yeshua? Who is the famous uh, Supreme Court justice who had some great quotes back in, in uh, around the Civil War times? And he said, you know, between two different, God, it's killing me. Uh, between two people who have differing perspectives, I see no resolution but conflict. Right? Is that essentially? Am I getting that right? It's killing me. Um, is it Harlan? No. No. Swain Miller Davis Field. Nope. Nope. What was the quote? The quote was something to the effect of between two groups of people who have disparate worldviews, mm. there's no resolution without conflict, is, is essentially what the quote was, I believe. Uh, Wendell Holmes. Does that sound right? Oliver Wendell Holmes? Holmes? I don't know. We're getting bogged down here. Anyway, uh, the point I'm trying to make is whatever that quote is. That is uh, Oliver Wendell Holmes was uh, sworn in 1902 by Teddy. Oh, Teddy R. Must be wrong then. Maybe. Um, I didn't take my alpha brain this morning. But the uh, the point I'm trying to make is I, I don't I I don't I don't see this thing. Um, I don't see us. Being able to peacefully coexist because I don't think they'll let us. Sure, yeah. I mean, there's the who shook the jar thing, right? Like red ants, fire ants, and black ants uh, will, you put them in a jar together, they'll build little habitats and more sure. or less ignore each other. You shake it up, they'll attack each other thinking the other one started it. and But they they don't have the ability to ask who shook the jar. That's the difference between us and them, right? Mm. The higher mammalian brain. We have the ability to look around and be like, Oh, um, and you know, some, some of it is also not necessarily intentional. Some of it is just bureaucratic mission creep. Um, so an entire industry will pop up around a social movement, no matter what it is, the labor unions in the late 19th century to now, right. Mm -hmm. Including teachers unions who don't need fucking unions. Um, uh, 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 civil rights, right? We f- we we solve that problem, create some new problems for sure with poverty and such. But we solve that problem with legislation and then you know countermeasures and d- the judicial process moving forward. <sighs> Marriage equality, blah blah blah, and they have to shift right because an entire industry job like you like you talk about uh, secondary education is just a. Uh, 
jobs program for liberals, leftists, really not liberals. Uh, that's 100% true. So are unions. So are teachers unions. So is the social justice movement. So is every fucking movement. That's, that's all it ever becomes. And this last time, so with the, social, with, with the civil rights movement, it slowly morphed into, okay, well, nobody's really acting racist anymore. We've got to go find some racism. So new things became racist, right? Mm-hmm. Math, for example. And you, we started to develop this idea of whiteness. Whiteness is an effigy of success, hard work. It's like all the good qualities of a human being, and they say that's whiteness, which means if you criticize anybody, you're being racist. You see how insidious that is? Now, for the, uh, for the uh, marriage equality stuff, for gay, gay shit, they solved that problem. And then immediately after 2011, immediately, it was like, oh, well, there's 95 other genders we got to fucking get a hold of. You guys, they're like, oh, we're going to go home. We're all, thanks. Thanks for the help. Thanks for helping us solve our problems. I'm watching... I lived in Oakland at the time, go to San Francisco every day. I'm watching adult gay men weep in the streets because they finally have what they consider to be equal rights. And then within three months, people are like, oh, what about these other 90 fucking genders? You can't call me that. I'm a fucking man. I'm a woman. Like, what the fuck? So you have to, you have to transition instead of, instead of shutting down the business or finding the next noble cause, they redefine what the cause is. Because it's successful. Yes. And it's a successful way to, well, I mean, that's their career. Yeah. That, that, and it's the same, it is, a, it is a very perfect parallel for the American political system where your job was to leave your fucking farm or your bank or whatever and go serve in Congress for four to 16 years, give or take, right? A couple of sessions, make an impact for your local community and then yeah. get the fuck out. It's supposed to be a duty. Yeah, not a career. A noble duty. And, and the same thing is true with social justice movements, civil rights acts, any kind of movement like that. You should always want to serve your community, but you should not make a career out of that, mm-hmm. right? Because you lose focus. You lose focus on what it's like to be a real human being with a real life. Now everything, uh, if they say that every problem to a hammer looks like a nail, yep. then every problem to a social justice warrior looks like us versus them and out. But it's not like that. It's not true, right? Usually it is power versus not power. <sighs> so three things. One, you're talking about critical theory. Mm-hmm. And your audience, for your audience doesn't know, critical race theory, and now, you know, queer theory, the mm. critical theory, going back full circle to what we talked about earlier, it's communism. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a French... The Gay, Frankfurt School. A French uh, uh, pedophile named Michel Foucault. Foucault and Gramercy. And Gramercy, Don't yeah. Gramercy. Just, just like Foucault was traveling around to Latin America and, and Asia and, or Africa and just like fucking six-year-olds, Yep. right? Um, and it's like, oh, fucking, there's no such thing as gender or sex or race or, or age or whatever the fuck. Well, it was like, really, oh, really about why, why did the Bolshevik Revolution take place? You know, why, why is communism taking place in some place? And, and the, the people are not getting on board in these other places. Mm. Why? And what they ascertained was is that, well, places that are comfortable and that have traditions and, and cultural pillars to stand on, nuclear family being key amongst them, they're not ripe for revolution. Right. So what do we have to do? We have to destroy those foundations. We have to get rid of the four olds, right? Mm. 
And now you bring that into, uh, what was it, Berkeley or UCLA in the early 70s? It was a law school. Mm -hmm. It comes out of the civil rights movement. They said, okay, how do we defend? I believe critical race theory started as a thought exercise. How do you defend the indefensible? Your, your, uh, Your client has been caught. With a gun in his hand and there's a person with a bullet in, in him laying underneath him. How do you defend that? Well, he's a black man living in America. These laws were implemented by people who never gave his people a chance to be a part of that legal process. So therefore, he doesn't have to be held to the same standards as other people because those very laws are oppressive to him. right? So like that's how you defend the indefensible is like, hey man. I never said murder wasn't a crime. How can you, you know, I don't, I don't acknowledge your authority, man. And now this has turned into, you know, then you take, uh, what's her name with the, with the bandaid, uh, oh my God, the worst, the, uh, was Peggy McIntosh or whatever. She's like, she's the queen of social justice. She was the original white knight and she got an, an unpacking yeah, the invisible, yeah. unpacking the invisible knapsack. She was in like a bodega one day. And she saw a black woman had to pick uh, band-aids that were uh, Caucasian uh, tinted. And she realized, oh my God, this poor woman never has a chance to have a band-aid. That's her own skin color. And that became the impetus for this thought exercise of, of oppression, right? Mm. And now, you know, these people have to wi- li- live in a, in a white-based society. Yeah. Um, it's all about destabilization. Right. And these people are all... These, it's, it's it's all about destabilizing infrastructure and institutions, right? It's not That's about it. what's right. It's about mm-hmm. winning. Yeah, you know. And then you take a, you know, you, you say that uh, politics are down culture from art, right? Mm. Well, you have hashtag Oscars so white. Next thing you know, there's no white people up for an Oscar. If you're a gay man and you see that, you're telling your agent, hey. Let's get some activism going here. I want yeah. some roles. I want some act, you know. And then it's hashtag me too. We need more women directors. Okay, more women directors. We need more non-binary people. It, and it and it keeps going because nobody anywhere along the line until now, 10 years later, says, all right, enough's a fucking enough. Can you just make a good movie? Yeah. Can we just, I mean, what was it? Bob Iger came out two days ago and said, yeah, we've, we've perhaps been a little too focused on messaging. Oh, yeah, Bob? <laughs> It took you losing half of your market cap to figure that out, you know? I mean, whatever happened to these these fiduciary responsibilities? But we don't we don't do anything about mm. it. And again, this goes back to the cowardice. Somebody else is going to do something about it. Where are the DAs? Mm. Where are the D where are the DAs indicting Hunter Biden? Bob Menendez from my state has been caught red-handed taking bribes and then using those bribes to fuck underage hookers on the taxpayer dole. Yeah. He's got reelected. <clears throat> reelected. Right? Where where's the activist DA? Where where's the other side of this? You know, and then we sit here and we make songs and we say, try that in a small town. They're mm. not gonna have to. Yeah. They're gonna starve you out. Yeah, eighty percent of the world of the country lives in big cities. Yes. So it doesn't really matter what happens. They're small gonna towns. take your money before it yeah. ever gets to your check. Before you ever get to cash your check, they're gonna take your money. Yeah. You're gonna have no say of it. They're gonna take your kids, they're gonna put them into a government school, and they're gonna spend eight hours a day convincing them that their parents are assholes. Mm-hmm. Don't listen to a word they say. The state is who really takes care of you. Everything you need to know is on TikTok and Snapchat. And if you've ever been on TikTok or Snapchat, it's remarkably, remarkably programmatic. Sure, yeah. 
It's insane. I mean, they admit that even. It's insanity. They're not pretending like they're not doing it. Okay, and you and here's how you know they're not pretending like they're not doing it. They're running a parallel TikTok for their own people that's wildly different. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? That is what you might expect to see in the U.S. in the 1950s, which is really interesting. Like we, we look back, uh, a progressive person will look at the 1950s and be like, "Oh, what a terrible time!" Like really? Mm-hmm. We we marshaled our resources over the course of about 20 years against the greatest threat the world has ever seen. You know what I mean? Uh, like imagine if the British in the let's say middle 18th century decided you know what these uh uh this empire we have just isn't big enough we're going to take everything that's what germany wanted to do they wanted to take everything Mm -hmm. right and they were willing to kill as many people as was required now i'm not going to let england off the hook for imperialism look we every country has been imperialistic uh, to some degree, right? You have to be. Um, only the countries that could. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. There weren't, right? You know, there weren't a bunch of passive countries yeah, yeah. out there. This, <laughs> this isn't a fucking morality contest, but it, what it is is a recognition of, of what was going on back then. The, the better parts of human nature marshaled together. Women entered the workforce for the first time, working not in offices or in high-powered jobs, but fucking hammering nails and making bullets. Rosie the Riveter. You know what I mean? And young men went to fucking war. And American industry stepped up. This is where the Defense Production Act came from, mm-hmm. right? Uh, these they could have stopped that. American like the the Rockefellers and the Fords of the world could have stopped that legislation from passing, just like they could right now if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. They let it happen because they wanted to save the world from bullshit. Mm-hmm. Now, sure, they profited off of it. You know, I, I it, and and it eventually built the military industrial complex, but. The reason we were able to survive those harsh times, and I'm including the stock market crash all the way through the end of World War II and even through the end of uh, uh, the Marshall Plan in the 1950s, the reason we were able to survive that wasn't because we had social safety nets. It's because we had cultural safety nets. We had family. We had family. We had culture. We had religion. I'm not particularly religious, mm-hmm. but to be honest, see the value in it. If I married a woman, probably going to be a religious one, mm-hmm. frankly, I mean, unless she's some rare unicorn that has those same qualities absent the religion. Ah, uh, no, I, 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 I don't know many women who are not religious. I know women mm-hmm. who are anti-Christian, mm-hmm. but they're you know, but they'll put up LGBTQ flags all the time. Yeah. They'll go to their marches, and that go, is a religion. For it's sure, a religion. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we, I wonder why women are seem to be a little bit more um... because that's how they see the world, right? They they see the world. Uh, we see the world logically. We see structure. We see height and width. We see fucking weights. We see threats and benefits. They see, uh, you know, they, they see the world differently. They see the world in social terms where we see it in physical, logical terms. That's mm-hmm. just the way it is, right? So, of course, they're going to be – and that's that's why a big part of the role, like if, if the role of masculinity is to provide and protect, mm-hmm. if the role of the husband is to protect their wife from danger, then the role of the wife is to protect that man's soul, right? Not, not from hell, but from – all the fucked up shit that happens to a yeah. human being throughout their lifetime from the, t- the 12 to 14 hour workday or the stress or whatever it is. Yeah. That's or- remarkable to me about the whole trans thing is like, 
why do so many women want to be men? <laughs> even no even the idea of like women in the workforce, like I want to be treated like a man, I want to be judged like a man. It's like men kill themselves so much more than women do. You know how hard it is to be a man? You know how hard we are on mm. one another? You know how you can be successful and then still be like, man, I'm not successful enough? I, I, this thing's not happening. I could lose everything. Like it's it, be, being being a good man, a proper man, is a tough road to hoe. Mm. And I don't I don't know why women want to be judged in that way. I don't I don't I, I think that that's I think that they're giving themselves a raw deal by wanting to play in that sandbox. You know. Yeah, um, I mean, it's like uh, you know. It's like a short dude trying to play basketball. Maybe it'll work out for you. Just and I don't, prove I don't, that I can. I'm, yeah, I'm not. I'm not making a parallel between the physical limitations. I, I mean, like that wasn't necessarily what you were built for, right? Yeah. And now you're acting. You're malassigned. You're acting outside of your fucking purview. And yeah, it's going to be a problem for you. You know what I mean? It's a problem for us, and this is what we were built to do. Yeah. It's going to be a quite a bit bigger problem for you, because. Look, not that some of these folks don't have masculine traits to some degree, uh, and some of the stuff is socialized, I guess. Like, it, you, it's that, that age one to six period is so important for a young male, especially. Mm-hmm. For young girls, I think they develop, they develop on their own a little bit better than dudes do because they're probably more thoughtful. We're just reckless idiots tearing shit up. But for a young boy, ages one to six, to learn what it means – to be a good a good man even that early i think is when it starts i think those are the most critical years to teach a young boy how to become a, a good man later in life because those are the core memories that he's going to lean on when he gets into these low-level conflicts from ages 6 to 18 mm-hmm. right 6 to 16 maybe when he gets into these low-level conflicts or when he's interacting with women or whatever it is he's going to know what it means at his core to be a good human being as a man right and he will behave that way that, that'll be the experience he draws on. We wait until way too late to start any of this stuff. Yeah. And then we try to undo what YouTube has done to them. Yeah. But also at the same time, I, I look at an 18-year-old. That's in the, and I never served. It's probably one of my biggest regrets. Is As soon as I got released, I should have <clears throat> just joined the military. And I look at an 18-year-old now, and I say, my God almighty, how can we possibly be sending this kid off? Mm-hmm. I, I, what like th- that to me? Like th- this is still a, this is a it looks like a child to me now, man. Yeah. Um, well, we were able to right. We were able to tell young men, especially like, oh, you've got a while. You you can twenty just like as long as you're self sufficient by twenty two, twenty three, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Sixteen. Sixteen. Sixteen is the fucking age. That's mm-hmm. adulthood to me. Um, to you? Yeah. I know people who aren't self sufficient at thirty five. It's because they weren't at sixteen. Mm-hmm. Right. Nobody told them they needed to be. Yeah. There's no rite of passage unless you're Jewish. You get a bar mitzvah. That's the only fucking culture that still has a baked in rite of passage. Nobody else. has. One. <laughs> I don't think that counts. That doesn't count. No. <clears throat> you know, I think people think quinceanera is like a universal age of consent. Well, it is in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I guess. Now my concern becomes people, you know, think like we're the fall of the Roman Empire or like this is Nazi. I see us going kind of the way uh, Spain 
at the turn of the 20th century. Yeah, becoming socialist as fuck. It's either socialists or anti-socialists, which mm-hmm. are Nazis. And then there's everybody, you know, in the middle that just wants these guys to shut up, but ends up getting ruled by these 10% of extremists. Because the system that we have right now only caters to the greedy and the crazy. Mm-hmm. Only the greedy donate because they're going to get something out of it. And only the crazy donate their time or do the marching because they really, really care. Yeah. And that's a remarkably small percentage of this population. And the rest of us are stuck here in the middle watching this slow motion train wreck. And that goes back to the question before about the anxiety. Man, I see the, cra- I see the train crashing. Like, wh- how do we stop it? Like, like it's, it's uh, what, like it, have we generated too much inertia? Oh no, like no, what's, no, you know? no, I don't think so. Um, and I'm generally a pessimist when it comes to society, to be honest, but there are two things, very simple things, simple to say, not necessarily simple to do. Um, stop voting for career politicians. Right. Okay. And, and the other one is, uh, an old principle from Plato, which is that if you refuse to take part in your own governance, you are doomed to be ruled by fools. Right. Okay. If you do not, step up and lead in your community. I don't give a fuck if you got kids or not. Go coach a little league team. Mm-hmm. Go fucking volunteer somewhere. Show them what a fucking man looks like. Yeah. Right? Go run for local city council, school board, whatever. Mm-hmm. If you feel like you're a good man, go do that shit, even if you don't want to. It sucks, right? I don't want to do that. Yeah. But you have to at some point. Talk to people. Don't be a fucking bitch. Yep. Don't worry about the consequences. Those two things. Stop voting for career politicians and... Start taking part in your own community. And here's the, the second part of that. The result will ultimately be <clears throat> that the government's power is a lot like Tinkerbell. It only exists if we believe it exists, right? And, it, and that, that belief is exercised in the form of needing something from the government and being dependent on them. If the government shows up and nobody's got their hand out, they have no power there, right? Like Gandalf said, you have no power here. Uh, you, if the government shows Depends up... Depends on which apparatus of the government shows up. Well, it, that, it, no, it doesn't, because unless they're hiring external fucking military people, those, the, the people that serve in those positions of the military are not going to come fucking... It won't be like it is in other countries here. You don't think so? No. For for a couple of reasons, one I we're hope insulated. You're right. One we're we're insulated from that to some degree because there are <sighs> there's a lot of veterans out there in this country that don't think that way and and that are like I, I don't know what you would call them, but so there's another. Ready. Let me give you a scenario, and this okay. isn't a straw man. This is a this is a a very plausible mm. scenario for 2024. There's you know. Another super flu, mm-hmm. but people don't adhere to the lockdowns this time. The local police apparatus refuses to enforce mm-hmm. the governor's mandates. The governor is then doing the mandates from the federal government. Right. Then the federal government has to go in and enforce these mandates, be it the National Guard or whoever else. You don't think the National Guard is gonna is going to adhere to their orders you think they're going to disregard their orders i think the same thing you saw with uh the original vax mandates 30 percent or so are immediately going to leave right and then when it involves violence towards your fucking fellow citizen another 30 percent will leave but have it doesn't that mean that all of the good 60 percent have left and we're left with the dangerous rule followers that are in those positions yeah but they're national guard 
<laughs> what does that mean? That means one of me is ten of them. Okay. So, so you think that you you know, and I hope you're right, but you think the good the good guys will band together. Yes. And it'll in that regard. So I mean, mm-hmm. but now you're talking about a militia being formed against. I, the... No, I'm talking about a deterrent. It's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the government because this is what they do. They fly test balloons. They'll leak plans like, oh, we may have to send in this group to this area because we're not getting compliant, whatever whatever language they might use. Sure. And then me and all my buddies show up there. I'm like, uh-huh. all right, well, you're welcome to come. Uh-huh. Now you're talking about potential open conflict. You know, you're only a terrorist if you lose. That much is true. One man's terrorist, another man's freedom fighter. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that that's necessarily a far-fetched situation, but it's been my experience. Mm-hmm. People follow orders. Uh, yeah, to some degree, sure. Uh, I don't think... It, the, the, and then they turn around afterwards at the trials for their crimes against humanity and say, I was just following orders. Well, I'll, I'll be frank about that. Um, there won't be anybody left for a fucking trial. That that kind of uh, cowardice cannot be tolerated. Well, that much we agree. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to get out of here before we get labeled domestic terror. Actually, I, <laughs> I'm already on a couple of watch lists. I would imagine so. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> That's just one more viewer, dude. That's how I see it. Juice the algorithm. Yeah, fuck yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, for, the, for the for the sixty five percent of the people that are actually allowed <laughs> yeah, to yeah, comment yeah. on this, yeah. uh, you know, man, I I, I love this nation so much i've traveled this i've been traveling since i was 17 i've been coast to coast north south i've been all over this place the people are so incredible they're so amazing and they Mm -hmm. deserve so much better and i just i feel the hopeless aspect of it feels like you talked about the elected officials man i just really don't think that they are representing us at all they're they they are not they are beholden to their global interests they're not beholden to us whatsoever we're we're just in a new form of feudalism at this point you think so oh yeah yeah, yeah, and they they control their little district or whatever, and they go to Washington and 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 vote on bills in Washington to extract wealth from the br- broader population to bring into their specific district. Sure, that's feudalism. I will say this, and maybe this just makes me feel better about my part. Mm-hmm. But Dave Chappelle has a great line. He said that the Second Amendment exists for a reason. Mm-hmm. But the First Amendment is first for a reason, mm-hmm. right? The Second Amendment is there if the First Amendment fails, and I do believe. Awareness and ridicule are our two best tools at the moment. So they, much they've always been our two best tools. That's why Shakespeare is the most famous writer of all time. Great. Because all he did was write subversive shit about the British crown and somehow managed to stay alive the somehow. whole time. Somehow. Yeah. Because he was able to point out which writer actually wrote it and then yeah. they'd, they'd hang yeah. him. But yeah, they, <clears throat> so much of this is politics as fashion. Mm-hmm. If you can make it unfashionable, Eli, you know, Elon Musk did more. By sitting there and going, go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. He became tech stone cold Steve Austin. Yeah. You know? And this guy, you know, and you saw uh, Sorkin going, no, you no, you need the advertisers. Yeah, what yeah, do you mean? Yeah, yeah. You, what if the advertisers leave? Let them leave. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Well, that's and the, the. Everybody said, all right, I'll give you 8000 bucks. Yeah. From the individual level, the most powerful thing you can do politically is to, to band together with like minded people and tell the state no. Yeah. Just no, not yep. not like you don't have to tell them to go fuck themselves. You don't have to be rude. You don't have to be violent. 
just say no. You also no. don't not have to. Well, sometimes it's fine, right? <laughs> but just just collectively, like with the govern the disinformation governance board, everybody was like, ah, no, we're not doing that. And they fired that woman and ended it, right? Sort of. Mm, yeah, right? just, they just they did what commies do and they just rebranded it as sure, something else. Sure, but it's it's going to get fucked over again, right? Now that Sh- so. Schellenberger is doing a pretty good job of tracking all that stuff. Um, but that goes back to your Andrew Jackson quote. <clears throat> Schellenberger makes a guy like Taibi grow some balls. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Somebody stands up and says, nah, F this, I don't care, delete my account, somebody else stands up. You know, it it does take that moment of courage over cowardice Mm. when you know what's right and you say, I don't care what the consequences are, not just bullshit. Well, that's Sadia Gras. That's what it means. Sadia Gras. I like that. Yeah. Tell everybody where they can find you. It's Gerard Michaels at Gerard D-G-A-F. Gerard, don't give a fuck. Gerard D-G-A-F. You can check out Slick and Thick. On uh, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, and check out Cancelled Weekly. Same places. And then you can see me on the Drinking Bros. Sweet. Yeah, man. It's awesome. All right. Thanks for coming, man. I appreciate it. Dan, you are the man. I appreciate And also appreciate all you do, man. I think that you're you're helping a lot of people organize their thoughts and, and, and see the world more clear, man. Really do. Big, 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 big fan of your work. And, and, and you know, and when the shit really does get down. I hope to I hope to, to be around you. It'll be fun, yeah. Uh, and thanks uh, for that. Thanks for coming, and thank you all for listening. This has been Citizen. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code Champion One Hundred and Fifty. Then place a five dollar wager on any sport. You'll receive one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the King of Sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live. Bets and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.